0: Here at the beginning of the year, called a new normal, and that's a phrase that has taken a certain turn for us in 2020, right? I mean, there's certain things that we hear that we probably never want to hear again. New normal may be one of those. In uh, abundance of caution uh, is one that I'd like to get rid of. Uh, but but we hear these phrases, and I want us to really stop and think as we begin our year. What 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 is new normal look like in the life of the church? challenge us to really think about what it is that God is doing new and so today I want you to start at least all of us whether we're in person or online I want us to start thinking about and this may think this may not make sense in the context that we're sitting in the middle of a pandemic when some of you are not comfortable to come in service and when you do come in we we don't hug and we don't uh, uh we, we don't touch we you know we stay seated a pew apart those type things I want you to think today about your connectedness, your togetherness, community. Because the reality is Christianity is not solo. It's not a solo sport. We are we are connected to each other. We revive together as a body. And so I want us to begin to think about our connectedness that we have. Now, I'm a preacher, and I love the preaching moment. I hope that that you uh, get something out of the preaching moment. However, I do not want you to think that the catalyst, the sole catalyst for your spiritual growth is just this moment. Because it's not. I mean, there's something that happens when we gather together. There's something that happens when you join online. There's something that happens when you, even if you do a Bible study with Zoom, there's something that happens in this moment that's beyond just simply hearing a preached word. And that's community. And so I want us to start today, as we think about um, community, I want us to start with an image. And it's an image that, Brings a little nervousness around Stockbridge, and that's fire. I want us to think about fire for just a few moments today. Um, I grew up loving. I still probably love fire. Uh, I grew up, we'd go camping. I literally would spend hours, and I still would, I, hours building a fire, standing at the fire and putting a log on the fire and trying to get it to go bigger and uh, hotter, uh, I love that. We had some friends that just recently came uh, over the holidays. They called us. They moved to Kansas. We haven't seen them in five or six years, and their family moved to McDonough. And so they texted and said, "Hey, can we come visit?" And we we're like, "Look, yes, but we're not, you know, really comfortable with you coming in the house. We're going to stay outside." And so we just haven't we haven't done that. And so we were like. We'll stay outside and we'll visit and we'll social distance. And so, first thing I did was build a fire. And for probably an hour and a half, we stood outside by a fire pit and just talked. And it was beautiful. It's a beautiful fire. But fire isn't always beautiful, right? Fire can be dangerous. We know that in the history of the church. If you're not familiar with that, Less than 20 years ago, the church burned. So we know that fire can be dangerous as well. So it's beautiful and it's dangerous. And it's this image, this beautiful but yet dangerous image, is what we see in the birth of the church. And I want us to go back and revisit a passage that we typically look at Pentecost. But it's because we're talking about God doing something new. And I want us to look at this passage. And so if you've got your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 we're going to stay pretty much in Acts chapter 2 all day long so you can just keep it open and we we will look there I want to set the scene for you there's about 120 people they've gathered in an upper room for a feast and these are people who have known they've experienced the risen Jesus and they are waiting on the gift of the Spirit I want you to listen to these words in verses 1 through 4. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So this is the this is the image of the birth of the church, of God doing something new in a group of people. It was a beautiful and yet dangerous fire. The upper room could not contain them. And here's what's interesting to me is when we look at this passage, it wasn't, it wasn't just a modification. They didn't just make a small adjustment. They didn't just do the same thing that they've always done and just maybe twist it a little bit differently. It was something brand new. That's what we see in the birth of the church. And when you see the Holy Spirit come, this is interesting. It didn't just fall on one person and that one person began to tell everybody else about their experience. Look at what it says. It says that the Holy Spirit fell on each and every one of them all at the same time. We've got to take that serious we think about what we're praying for as we're starting this new year praying for revival in the church we've got to pray for each other the holy spirit to fall on each and every person here and online we got to pray for the holy spirit to move in us in a new way and so what we see in the scripture is described as tongues of fire now i know some of y'all a few weeks ago got uncomfortable when i started talking about raising hands you're really getting uncomfortable when I bring tongues of fire in, right? And so let's, let's just acknowledge that. But, but we don't stop and think, I mean, what does tongues of fire mean? I want you all to, to picture what's happening. Here's a room of people. They're all doing life together. And the wind comes. And it's not the gentle wind where everybody goes, oh, man, that's a fresh breeze. The scribe says it's a fierce wind. It's like a hurricane wind. Literally shakes the foundations of the building. And the people are freaking out. They're scared. They're screaming. And then all of a sudden, tongues of fire come down and they light on each person. Now here's the thing that's amazing. But they don't catch on fire. The tongues of fire light on each person and the people realize, I'm not burning up. And then they start talking in different languages and understanding different languages. And when I read that this week, I started thinking about Moses. Do you remember Moses' story when he sees the burning bush and he realizes that God's in the burning bush? At first, he's, he's scared. But then, when he realizes that God's in the bush and that the bush isn't consuming, it turns to awe. And I think that's what happens among this group of people. They begin to realize, wait a minute, a minute ago I couldn't speak that language. A minute ago you couldn't speak that language. A minute ago I couldn't understand what you were speaking. But now God's in the middle of this. What you see is a heavenly chaos break out. And they may not know completely and fully what's happening, but they know that God's there. And that God's in the midst of it. And all of a sudden the fear turns to passion and the fear turns to praise and the fear turns to worship is they realize that God is doing something new. It's beautiful, and yet it's dangerous. And the story keeps going. If you've got your Bibles open, look at verse five. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, look, Aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? And then jump down to verse 11. It says, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. And some asked each other, what does this mean? So you got from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You got Jewish converts coming from all different directions. And they're gathered for the Pentecost feast. They were all doing what they normally do. They weren't expecting anything extraordinary to take place. And yet when it does, and it comes through the disciples, they begin to question it. Because the disciples were not educated people. It would have made it a little more sense if it had been educated people, because that's how it would have worked in the first century. But this was the disciples that it was happening. So what does this mean? And when I read that question, what does this mean? It made me realize at least they were asking the question, what does it mean? Because what I realized that we often do when somebody has an experience that we don't have, an experience that we've never had, that maybe is different than anything we've grown up in, we dismiss it. They're a clack. We dismiss and go, well... That's not for me. At least the, the people who were sitting around, they didn't understand everything. They were going like, what does this mean? See, I think that question is the spark of a fire. I think that question is the spark of something, God doing something new when we begin to ask, what does it mean? What does it look like? See, because what I have learned is that fire burns the old away right fire can also be refining you need fire sometimes to start something new when we had when i was growing up my dad told me we were going to go out and build a fire to burn some debris in our pasture and it didn't take us long to realize that was not the day to burn and before the fire truck could get there we probably had two acres of pasture that had burned let me tell you it came back it came back good It it was a refining moment for for those acres of pasture. Fire can be refining. See, I believe that God wants to plant inside of us new visions, new dreams, new ministries, new possibilities, new ways of reaching the community around us. God wants to plant something new inside of us. And so many times what we do is we dismiss rather than asking the question, what does it mean? How is God working in this story? And so in this story, the converts, the Jewish, the Jewish people, they look around and they try to come up with a rational explanation that they can explain. And they say they're drunk. That's the answer that they come up with. And Peter speaks up. And I love the fact that it's Peter because Peter is the one who denied Jesus, right? So it's a great part of redemption that Peter's the one that steps forward. And look at what he says in verse 15. These people aren't drunk, drunk as you suspect. After all, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. So he goes back to the minor prophets. This is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days, and they will prophesy. See, the truth is, we love to put people in categories. Somehow, I think that makes us feel better. That's what you see the, the Jewish people doing in this story. They begin to put the disciples in a category. And Peter steps up and says, No, oh, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to all people. That God's going to pour, God chooses to pour out his Spirit on all people, all men and women. All, young and old, all. Slave and free, doesn't make a difference what socioeconomic background you come from. All means all. God chooses to pour his Holy Spirit on all who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. And so we, in our humanness, try to put people in categories. We need to remind ourselves of what Scripture says, that all dream dreams and have visions. And so I'm here today to remind you or maybe to help you begin to think about the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to do something new in you. The Holy and it's not just a minor shift, it's a radical newness in you and in us. What I think about is the dreams and visions, they're just good reminders to us that God breaks into the ordinary God breaks into the ordinary with the divine it's that heavenly chaos that we see in scripture I had a great reminder of that this week Thursday watch night opened up the sanctuary for prayer and some of you came and when you came in the door I took your temperature and I told you to Come in, you could sit anywhere you wanted to sit, and then if you wanted to pray in the pew, you could pray in the pew, but you could also come up to the altar and you could pray at the altar. Whenever you were done, if you wanted to receive communion, to raise your hand and I would come and serve you communion. And everybody did it as described the way that I just described it to you. They came forward, they sat, they came and kneeled, they prayed, they raised their hand. But one gentleman prayed differently. He came in, I gave him the same instructions and he sat in the chair in our camera booth. And I thought that was strange. I sat there and I watched him and I thought, you didn't do what I told you to do. Uh, And he sat and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and then he raised his hand And I went and got the communion element and I took it to him and I served him communion. And then he got up and we were walking out. And he said, I know you told me to go up front to pray. He said, but I haven't been in this church since the pandemic started. And he said, this camera and this sound booth and this computer is my altar. I haven't missed a Sunday haven't missed a Sunday being with you. But if you ask me to pray today at my altar, this is is where I want to pray. And it was like a light bulb going off because so much of what we want to do is we want to try to get things back to the way they were. And for him, he embraced the new. God can do new things in all things if we will open ourselves up Maybe it's going to look different in 2021. But God wants to do something new in this place. I love the way that video says, God wants to do something new. Will you? Will you allow him to? Do you want him to? Everybody, we cannot stop church until everyone knows Jesus Christ, period. We cannot stop until everyone knows the power of the Holy Spirit over their life. And I'm being very specific in the word that I'm using because I want y'all to listen to the rest of the scripture. In Acts chapter 2, verse 19, I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Listen, our salvation does not depend on our ability to stop a virus. Our salvation does not depend on us trying to make everything okay for everyone. Our salvation does not depend on a building. It does not depend on a Sunday school class. It does not depend on a group of people. Our salvation is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. God wants to do something new in us. God wants to do something new through us. That's what I invite you to start this year with. Praying for revival amongst us. And that's not just praying for revival in my life. That's praying for revival for each one of you. Praying for revival for everybody who's joining online. For God to move in us and for God to alight his Holy Spirit on each and every one of us. It's beautiful. But it's dangerous. Let's pray. Almighty God, Lord, we just came through a season where we celebrated you breaking into this world. We pray, Almighty God, for you to break again into us. And I realize that some of us have been in this church or in some church for years and years. But I know that you still want to do something new. You want to do something new in me. You want to do something new in each and every one of us. You want to do something new in this place, new in this community. Come Holy Spirit. Revive us together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.